and welcome back to another episode of The Magic Circuit. This is a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about Kinoko Nasu's Type Moon universe, which means we mostly talk about Fate Grand Order and all things Fate. I'm Ben. And I'm Mia. And we finally have a real intro! Woo! Yes, that's true, that's true. Like we, This is the first episode it's going to appear on. Yes, yes. Bef- we've already we're recorded recording another one because I'm actually in Europe right now. Uh, and that one... We, I think we were gonna put this little bit in, and then we didn't. We were like, "Oh, just it's fine. This one will come out before then. It's whatever." Right. Yeah. So this week we are finally devoting an episode to, uh, I guess, what is the most prominent thing that's happening in Type Moon right now. I would agree. Which is the main story of Fate Grand Order, and the fact that it's taken like how many months has it been since Lost Belt Three came out? Oh my god! Like. Was it even this year? It, I don't think it was even this year. It might have been like six or seven months. Actually, hang on. I'm going to look up because the commercial came out. Like like the commercial, yeah. you know, the, the, the commercials are right. indicative of the, when like the uh, the original thing came out. Because you can just like look that up yeah. on the RIP. Well, anyway, we're movie. talking about yeah. Cosmos in the Lost Belt. Yes. Uh, we are, we're doing it. We're going to try to figure out what's happening since there's finally been an announcement of the Lost Belt 4 drop date. Um, they're having a, or I guess not the drop date, but they're having like the reveal stream on the 15th, and then it usually just comes out a couple days after that. Yep. So we're going to talk about what we think about the concept of Lost Belts, um, the whole story of Part 2 of Grand Order, a couple of the highlights of the first three, and then our predictions slash feelings slash fears a lot of fears for lost belt four many fears and then yeah what's to come next with five six and seven and however the fuck cosmos is gonna end <laughs> also uh just to confirm uh six months ago was when the lost belt three commercial came out cool so yeah so it uh it wouldn't have it been, this been year. a long long time wait hang on is five oh it's june June is this? Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways. Um. Yeah. So prior to recording this episode, I like speed read through uh some Lost Belt stuff. Finally, having gotten through some of the actual translations, and I just want to say that fucking Lost Belt One is absolutely bonkers. So many. Honestly, the more I think about it, I think Lost Belt One is my favorite chapter in Grand Order. Lost Belt One is so fucking nuts. Like so many weird. I don't even want to call them plot twists because they're just like things. There's so many of them. Right, because it's like they're not even like twists because they're not even. I don't. There's no like setup for there to be a a change of expectation. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Where it's just like it's just like there there are so many layers to the plot. Like there's so much stuff happening. Yeah. 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 Just like the way that they build the world of that alternate Russia is so layered. It's true. Right. Because like the whole like when I just remember like getting to Lost Belt one dropping in and then there's being all these furry ass motherfuckers everywhere <laughs> i was like what is going on here what are you all doing in type moon hq but all of the i don't know all of the ivan stuff all of the Kadok anastasia stuff all of the like all of the yaga stuff honestly is really cool too like are they yeah they sold i think me. um 
for me, when we got to the point where, like, Gouda and Mashu are, like, wrestling with the moral implications of the fact that they raised a revolutionary army that turned out to be overzealous and also persecuting innocents who are loyal to the crown. Right. I was like, okay, this is a lot for... For Grand Order, especially. Right, right. No, that part got super real. And then, like, also, yeah. and then after that, then we had the double whammy of them coming to the realization that getting rid of the Lost Belt means essentially just, like, ending millions Killing of lives. Killing everybody in that world. Right. Yeah. It just means literally destroying an entire timeline full of people yeah. with lives. And, um, what's his name? Patsy? Yeah, shout out to Patsy. Patsy is such a good character. Yeah. He's a really... Uh, like great function in the story that I definitely would not have expected. With his, he's afraid and but like he doesn't understand like the other way of life except for this kind of like strongest survive way that's the only way to keep yourself going in this world and he's trying to understand how like you can exist another way like the people from Caldea are telling him but then he runs into Ivan and he sees how powerful Ivan is it's like oh no like they were wrong like nothing can stand against this power right. is the only possible way so he betrays them right, but then right. he has to come back and and it's such an incredibly complex character arc yeah yeah and i don't know just on top of that there's so many other little things like I don't, well, I don't know. All like all of the Rasputin stuff. It's just all like the Koyanskaya showing up, and then Koyanskaya revealing that she doesn't really give a shit about what's going on. Yeah, this all the stuff with the God of the Foreign Star. It's I don't know. I don't. There's so many. Uh, we have so many things that start and then just don't get resolved. Or or people just like <laughs> offhanded drop like huge bombshell lines and then just don't talk about them. There is so much of that in this. Um... It's so infuriating. Oh, I forgot about this until just now. Okay, but, um, hit me. You remember there's a part where we're going out to like visit other like remote villages. I don't remember what our mission there was. Um, Are we but we Lost get there. One? Yeah, in Lost Belt One. Yeah. Um, but we get there and then we find out that like the people there already know what Caldea is because some like ragged traveler has shown up just like not giving a name but saying that they're from Caldea Musashi. to like help them with stuff. <laughs> well, but no, it's not Musashi. And because we later meet Musashi and we find out that uh we're led to believe it's her at first, but then she kind of mentions that she appear she like slidered into this lost belt too recently for that to have actually been her. I thought she said that. So, I thought I I read that she said that she like people kept trying to um make her tell them what her name was and she just said, "Oh, I'm a swordsman from Caldea." Uh, I didn't. I if if that was an implication, I missed that in in my reading of it. I think I remember. I can't remember the exact justification for or explanation of why that couldn't have actually been her. Okay. But I do remember reading something that made a um, a convincing argument. Okay. Hmm. Beating myself up. I can't find it now either. But okay. Well, that's... I'm going to keep looking for that in case I come across it while we're talking about other stuff. Sure. That's just another um, layer of stupid. 
That's just another layer of stuff. Yeah. And then there's like the the alien priestess. Yes. The or alien shrine maiden, however yep, you the priestess of the foreign translate. star, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um who is incredibly mysterious. Right. And it seemed like initially was able to conceal her presence from everyone and then made her presence visible when she took took down question mark the fantasy tree in yeah. um in in Russia. Right. Do you um do you buy the theory that that is Olga Marie? Oh my god. Oh my god. I didn't even know that was a theory. Uh, yeah, something about, like, after she gets thrown into the, like, infinite wormhole, whatever, by Lev. Right, and gets, like, beginning of part one. Yeah. That she, like, and I, I don't know exactly how the theory goes. I, I can, I, I can kind of get it. Like, she I gets flung into something that Lev yeah. thinks is death, but it's actually space, and the god of the foreign star shows up and offers her a deal or something. Yeah, something like that. Personally, I don't buy it. Yeah, I don't think I really... I think that would be a... I wouldn't be surprised if Olga Marie showed up in some capacity in yeah. another Lost Belt in the future. But... I don't know. There's, like... There's a portion of the fan base that is, like, weirdly enamored with Olga Marie for reasons that I don't really understand because uh-huh. she exists for literally just the prologue to Chapter 1 and is, like kind of just a dick to us the whole time yeah she just I, and then dies she has a cute anime and, girl design. like nobody has even talked about her since then yeah she has a cute anime girl design people actually they talk about her in the prologue um of last belt the the oh did they yeah because um they talk about olga marie um when they hear about gordolf being the new chair they're like oh that's right that's oh right. yeah you know, maybe in this situation we would have rather had Olga Marie, and then someone's like, no, Olga Marie was just a kid who was in, like, way over her head. And then one of the other technicians says something along the lines of, well, yeah, you know, she wasn't handling it really well, and she was definitely getting pissed off all the time, but I think we were pretty hard on her. I mean, she was essentially just, like, a teen whose dad died and then was forced to take over the company. Like, mm-hmm. maybe we were being a bit too harsh. And everyone, I think they kind of go back and forth a little bit, but they don't, it doesn't really develop in anything super meaningful. Yeah, I get, I, I don't know, I didn't really care for her. And yeah. the, I don't feel like the story has, like, remembered her enough for there to be any reason to think she's going to come back in, like, a substantive way. Right. I mean, uh, Moonlight Lost Room, I guess, is the only thing that I would say would maybe yeah. counteract that. Because she That's does true. play, she, she is in Moonlight Lost Room. Yeah, she does play a fairly important role in Moonlight Lost Room, which I feel like people probably weren't expecting. Because there's yeah, that whole Moonlight like Lost hallucination whole sequence animal. where she's the one like with all the servants and shit, right? And the Lost Room, she's some kind of ghost or echo of her spirit or something. I don't know. I, Speaking of being the one who gets to summon all of the servants. Um, obviously, everyone loves the Cryptors. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, I love the Cryptors. They're, they're great characters. The Cryptor meetings are all extremely good scenes yes. on many, many levels. Um, Fun stuff. But let, let's just talk about, like, the concept of Lost Belts. Um, mm-hmm. 
It was like the the salty timelines coming back to kick our ass after they got cold from the Tree of Possibilities. Salty timelines. Uh, <laughs> and each one being like assigned to one of the cryptors to... Well, not even like... I was going to say to, to govern, but that's not even really the case. No. Uh, They're just sort because... of guides, I guess. It's difficult because it's like the lost belts all want to do their own thing but when the cryptors were all stuck in cryo sleep the god of the foreign star was like hey guys you can either be dead with no servants or work for me and have servants also do this yeah. cryptic thing that i won't really explain uh you you read this more recently than me so yeah. i'm gonna ask you this question yeah, um the god of the foreign star talked to Kirstaria first before any of the others, right? I think so. I think so because and was it like did did the god like ask Kirstaria like, hey, you want to be not dead and instead have a chance to rule the world? And then Kirstaria was like, yes, but also resurrect like all of my other crypto friends, or was it kind of like a group offer, but they but was offered to the leader on behalf of the others? I believe what happened was I I don't think Kirstaria said res all the other cryptors. I think the god of the foreign star went to each and every one of them, but went to Kirstaria first because I'm remembering. Okay, I I could also be wrong on this. I feel like that also would be reasonably in character. I know Cadoc and someone else are talking about. Cadoc basically says this whole thing about how this whole Lost Belt contest isn't really a contest because Kirstaria has, like, the best servant and talked to the... is just gonna win. Yeah. Right, and I don't remember all of his reasoning behind that, but I feel like one of them was him, ha like, him having a different relationship with the God of the Foreign Star than the rest of them. Okay. Um, I could be wrong about this, but I I feel like I remember Kadok being like, why are we even doing this whole Lost Belt contest thing? Like, the God of the Foreign Star told us to do all of this, sure, but... We all know that Kirstari like, is going to win. We all know that is going to win. Yeah. Right. I, which I feel like implies that the God of the Foreign Star played it's some kind of favorite with him, giving him the best servants. Because I believe yeah. the God is the reason they have their servants in the first place. Well, the, the God is the reason that they're still alive in the first place. Yes. I guess. I don't know if it had any sort of direct influence on like what servants they got or anything like that. I could have sworn there was a line like that where I know Cadoc yeah. wanted the caster class servant because there's a flashback right. where he's talking with Da Vinci before he gets cryo sleeped in the first place. Um, and he talk he, he basically goes up to Da Vinci and is like, what's the deal with caster class servants? And Da Vinci kind of gives him the lowdown of, you know, obviously caster class servants aren't nearly as much of a pain to work with as berserkers or anything, but they're kind of futzy people and they, they need their own space and they have a lot of needs. Uh, kind mm -hmm. of just giving him a lowdown of, you know, the sort of parameters of like what makes a caster class servant a caster class servant, what he should be aware of when summoning one. Um, but I feel like I remember something about them saying that they owe the God of the foreign star, their lives and their power that could be referring to the serious um, light the serious light i don't yeah. know anything about serious light <laughs> do we know anything yeah, actually I've... more about serious light other than that they are called greater command spells great command spells no i was 
I was trying to look up the other day in preparation for this, like, more detail on Sirius Light. Because I, I feel like, um, it's, it's use, Cadoc doesn't use his before he's defeated. No, he tries um, to. He tr- doesn't he try to and, like, Billy snipes his hand or something and stops him? He tries to, but then, uh, he basically tries to whip it out and Billy goes to shoot him and then that's when Anastasia takes the bullet for him. Right, 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 yes. Yeah. And then he, afterwards, he doesn't really have time to react, and I think Billy just, like, pistol whips him in the back of the head. Yeah. Um, but I'm pretty sure, like, either Ophelia or um, Hinako use theirs, but I don't remember what they do with it, and I was trying to, like, look it up, and I couldn't, like, find any information about them at all. Oh, really? Like, anywhere on the wiki. Yeah. So... I have a vague uh... recollection that... Ophelia maybe uses hers to boost her mystic eyes to take down uh Sir Sir Fenrir. Oh, that that's possible. I, I don't know like anything about um the end of Lost Belt 2 since it's not translated and I haven't like read just summaries on them. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um I I read them like when they came out, but now it's been a while and I don't quite remember. I want to say Hinako uses hers to like force the the tree in her lost belt to fully mature but that doesn't sound right to me either so i don't know i don't know i don't remember because i played through all of the cutscenes in lost belt 3 and i feel like i would have remembered that yeah her doing some big dramatic thing and they also say serious light whatever before they use it right i'm pretty sure ophelia uses hers to overload her mystic eye to do something to cert okay i feel like that's that's something that happens or maybe just uses it on cert because because cert cert fenrir is also sigurd i don't really know the in-between of how how that happens how that happens how it went from sigurd to cert fenrir sigurd to whatever but i'm pretty sure something like that happens yeah okay um so serious i think they're referring to serious light when they say that uh the um the god of the foreign star gave them their powers okay that would make sense i think that's fine i think also like they have like their own desires for what servant they're gonna get and hinako has her whole thing where she wanted to summon shang yu but she summoned landling instead because of the the bond of like landling was in love with her when she was alive right right yeah which is tragic (laughs) yeah it is but i feel like the way that each lost belt is constructed is so well done because we were talking about a lot of these elements in regards to Russia before, but like, um, you have the lost belt or you have the, the cryptor and their servant there as like our primary antagonist, but they're not really like, they're not the leader of their lost belt. You've also got the lost belt, like King or queen. Right who's the actual one in charge. Um, right. Right, and, and it's like, who... we see it in Russia where Kadok uh, teaming up with Rasputin and Koyanskaya and Salieri um, basically are are just trying to placate Ivan until they kind of get a good opportunity to overthrow him, and then when they do, they just take it and then try it. Yeah, they've got like control. an antagonistic relationship with him. Right. Um, and Lost Belt 2, Ophelia is like, is working together pretty well. With, right, with uh, the Scathlax Scotty. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in Lost Belt 3, um, 
Mothman, Chin, uh, Shi Huang Di yeah. is <laughs> Mothman is just kind of like he's he's pretty much just like doing his own thing, right? And then like Koyanskaya and Tanaka were there trying to convince him to care about the Lost Belt conflict, and he's just like, no, dude, I'm the superhuman ruler of an empire that spans the entire world. Like, I don't even know if this is real. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the those layers are cool, especially because like team protagonist is going into each lost belt with kind of this moral conflict of, okay, well we are here to blow up the lost belt, but we have to deal with all of the ramifications of doing that. Right. Then we also have the cryptors who are working with the cryptor group and for but the god are of- also in conflict with each other. Right. They're also in conflict with each other because they because the god of the foreign star set them on this lost belt war thing and they're eventually they'll have to fight each other um right and also they all have their own personal motivations in addition to you know following the cryptor group feeling like they have to clash with the cryptor group eventually so they don't really know how to deal with that uh you know Kadok has like most of them are like really resentful of like you but yeah with this like with a twist (laughs) Mm -hmm. um I don't remember all of Ophelia's he's, he's whole complex. He's us, but less lucky. Yeah, us, but less lucky, basically. Uh, Ophelia's whole deal is, is basically, she's just, like, she's just in love with Kristari, isn't she? I think so. She also, I know she has more to her than that, but yeah. didn't get far enough for that to become real. She and, uh, um, she and she and Mashu have a good, like, relationship it seemed like they were kind of close yeah they were they were friends yeah. of some sort yeah yeah because she spends so much time telling sigurd not to hurt mashu and he's like eh, whatever right. humans fuck them <laughs> yeah and then there's also the plot with the lost belt monarch uh that it has all of its own thousands of years of history, whatever, whatever, depending on how far right. back the Lost Belt did its thing. Yeah. The whole Ivan plot was really cool because Ivan actually turned all the people into magic furries because he wanted them to be safe. Right. Whereas that it kind of is like, oh, was this the result of some fucked up experiment, whatever? But Ivan was actually kind of doing it because he was sort of a good guy. <laughs> Ivan is such a good character. Yeah. I, I like Ivan so much more than I expected to. Same. Yeah. The fight scene, the final fight scene where, you know, you're on the um, the primordial golem um, and just like having the fist fight with his full mammoth self, that was so sick. But then when he's yeah. all weak and then I think what loses like a clash with Anastasia and Kadok and then kind of stumbles mm-hmm. over to you where you have a final conflict with him. Right. And you're not really able to give him a straight answer that you totally believe what you're doing is right. Yeah. He's like, ah, told you so. <laughs> <laughs> and then just dies. And they're they're able to explore like such interesting con- like moral conflicts with that dichotomy right. that you've been getting at where like as bad as it feels for it feels terrible for us in Lost Belt 1 Horrible. to have to kill all of the Yaga. Right, because like we've we've learned to love them, um, mm. but and that's even like knowing objectively that the the version of the world that they live in is like a horrible hellscape. Right, right. And that's, then that's you get the, thing. the, lost the world belt. is horrible, but they're all still people who are reasonably good for the most part. Right, and then you get the lost belt too, where it's like 
it's a fairly peaceful world um, where people live like they don't live the same sort of like brutal, awful lives that everyone does in Russia. Right. But the way that that's maintained is that nobody gets to live to old age. Yeah. Like you reproduce as a teenager and then like the, the Valkyries kill you. Yeah. When at your coming of age ceremony. Right. And then you get to Lost Belt 3, which is a similar deal where, but, um, like medicine is so perfected that people like live to old age, like with no medical problems at all, but the, the but society is like kept stable by the fact that like nobody is allowed to know anything. Um, right. There's like, I don't remember the, the Confucian term they use for it, but it, it's like, uh, when we first show up, um, Shi Huang Di like welcomes us into the Lost Belt and is like neutral between us and the cryptors and like refuses um, Kirsh- uh, Hinako's Hinako. demands yeah. to yeah refuses Hinako's demands to like fight against us um, until he finds out that like our that uh, Jin K is teaching poetry to like the people in the village where we show up right right and right. Then he's like, oh, like, they're spreading knowledge. Like, this is unacceptable. And that's when he turns against us. That's right. That's right. Um, and the, people keep telling us that uh, Kirstaria's Lost Belt, once we eventually get to there, is, like, pretty objectively a better history than the real one yeah. for humanity. Yeah. I mean, he's, so, in, he's in basically fucking Atlantis, so. Yeah. So what are we going to do once we get there? Right. Right, and that's the thing. But we also have all of these, I don't know, the, there's a ton up in the air of what are we going to do when we get to this Lost Belt or that Lost Belt? How are we going to deal with these characters X, Y, and Z? But there's also a lot of weird little threads that are sort of being built up and we don't really know how they're super going to get resolved. Um, like the stuff with uh, Rasputin and Kadok. Um, yeah. Like Kadok, now that he's not a master but still a cryptor he's still got a serious light he's still useful Kadok was about to cooperate with us before Kire pulled a da Vinci on him and just like shoved his fist through his chest no 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 Kadok's alive no 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 I know I know I know he's alive I'm saying that okay like there's the scene where you know he Rasputin does his dumb Kire thing and he runs like 60 miles an hour to catch up with the shadow border Kadok, right. in the confusion, manages to crawl onto the roof of the Shadow Border. You all go up to the roof, and y'all are like, Kadok, this is a really dumb fucking idea. If you come quietly, we won't kill you. Just talk to us about some stuff. And Kadok's like, uh, actually, yeah, okay, I'll I'll do that. I really don't want to die. Like, Anastasia told me I should live until the end, so I should lit. And then just, like, Rasputin just gives him the, the, the Bajiquan, uh, right. knocks him out, and then just yanks him away. Um, yeah, but he's, um, Kadok and Rasputin are both in Atlantis now. Yes, yeah. So I'm really excited for Kadok to come back once we get there. Me too. I just, I'm kind of wondering, I don't know, do you, do you know about the, 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 um, the, the cut plot line from Dark Souls with, uh, Oscar? No. Of Astoria, Astora? Yeah, I, I, that's the guy who gives you the Estes That's the right. right? They had this whole big thing planned with him where he was basically going to be sort of your shadow along the way where he kind of makes the other choice that you make 
and then at the end of the game you have to fight him um oh. and so it's like you know you let's say you decide to relink the fire then at that moment he comes out from the fog gate and is like no you can't link the fire like this is why what you're doing is stupid and then if you did the other way then he says you, you can't let the fire die blah 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 um, huh. And I feel like they're kind of... So you're thinking, like, that's what Caddock's role was going to be? I feel like... Because Ka- Caddock feels like us, but he has... He doesn't really have the freedom to choose what he wants, but yeah, he definitely has some level of agency um, and is very much kind of a weird reflection of the main character. Right. So I feel like, like what I want to happen in my heart is that Caddock betrays the cryptors he joins us we do a cool thing maybe we resummon anastasia just for like a victory lap um mm-hmm. you know and style on the cryptors together uh but i feel like there's also the possibility that Caddock's inferiority complex gets the better of him and he decides to stick it out with the cryptors he we probably kill him uh it's it's gonna be sad <laughs> like, right. i feel like both of those possibilities exist and i feel like he could have a lot of sway even though he's not really like that powerful of a mage or anything just narrative i feel he has a lot of potential i think you're probably right about that um i don't know which way i'd expect him to go right at this point it just feels like there's too many details up in the air about him yeah and he also just i don't know he's just in he's in a weird spot where he's... i guess if i had to make a prediction now i'm gonna say that he does end up being redeemed as a good guy yeah either if not, like, in Lost Belt 5, then the fact that we know there are two more Lost Belts, like, right. coming uh, after Kristarius. Right. And they're, like, the two just, like, horrible dudes. Right. The one guy um, we know nothing about and the one guy who's definitely, like, a serial murderer, rapist, or both. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also probably a werewolf. And also definitely a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna die on this hill. <laughs> um, but what was I gonna say? Oh, I think the the fact that we know those two are coming after Kirstaria, and we know from the cryptic conversations that Cadoc does not like them, right? Um, right, makes me think that it's pretty likely he does end up on our side in the end. Once we like get to the point where those two are the only ones left, that uh, that makes sense to me, because also uh, him and Pepe have a good relationship. This is what I was thinking of. Yeah. Also, um, I feel like Pepe's lost belt, which is the next one, is going to. There's going to be some shit that has to go down because I don't know. We we've, we've gotten some subtle hints. I was actually reading. Uh, it might have even been in the prologue uh, where I noticed a thing about they they drop some hints about the the different cryptors one of them they drop about hinako which is that uh romani was always like salty at her that she never showed up for her medical exams right which we know now is because she was like a a not vampire true ancestor yeah yeah (laughs) definitely not a true ancestor but basically a true ancestor (laughs) right um she's a true ancestor except we can't say she was because that violates like actual lore right exactly um but 
people have gotten some some sus hints dropped about them i mean we know that beryl's basically a horrible dude we know that david's yeah. maybe just killing lots of people maybe yeah i, I think really know what his deal is i think it, it's kind of implied that like beryl tried to rape mashio at some point i think that there is something like that implied um yeah. i think and it doesn't be, like, when they're going over it by... they just skip over beryl um no, I think she has, like, some really nasty words about Beryl. Okay. And then they get to... David is the one where Da Vinci gets there, and she's like, you know, some people you... Some people are just weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I hope that... I hope that... I, I understand that, that the, the truly nasty villains are the ones who do awful nasty things, but I don't know if I really want the Beryl Lost Belt to make, like bad sex things record to type moon again because <laughs> i feel like we kind yeah. of push those away or at least with the rialta nua stuff at least kind of try to push them under the rug a little right i don't know i guess it depends on how it comes back um i don't, know. I don't have too many thoughts on that that was just something that kind of popped into my head um okay more of what i was thinking was we don't know anything about pepe and they make it pretty clear that one who is this motherfucker named scandinavia pepperoncino definitely a fake name definitely not where he's from you know he's definitely not like he he's a total mystery which means he's got to have something up his sleeve right. so this lost belt is probably just going to be plot to a city okay here's the question though uh-huh. do you think that Pepe. First off, I love the fact that people call him Pepe. Yeah, me too. Because um, uh, that's what Mashu, a, Mashu calls him that. That's what Mashu calls him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I love that Mashu calls him Pepe. Yeah, it's sweet because uh, it shows that... I, I really like also that side note that, that Mashu has a good relationship with these people. And actually... Or most of them. and Most of them. Yeah, and, and there's kind of that pre-established history with the group. Yeah, it, it's good that they pay so much attention to detail... Yes. with the cryptors relationships to people like their relationships to each other are developed enough that they feel like an actual unit and not just like villain of the chapter right and they they also are sure to make us remember that like mashu has a personal relationship with each and every one of them right um it's not just like the the backstory is that like oh they were ex-employees of caldea who got taken out of commission when Lev caused the explosion. That's, like, actually right. baked into their character. Like, how each of them got to Caldea is, like, an important part of who they are. Yes. Um, but what do you think Pepe is going to end up being like? Do you think he's going to be, like, a, a villainous figure? Do you think he's going to be, like, sympathetic? Like, Ophelia pretty much ends up being an ally. Right. Um, what do you think is the deal? I honestly... That's the weird thing. I honestly... I feel like they could go either way with him. That they could make yeah. him... They could just pull a huge twist in us and make him actually be just diabolical. But right. then it wouldn't really make sense for why he was always kind of the nice, sweet anchor of the team. Um, yeah. I think the only real way they'd be able to get away with him being a supervillain type is if they made it clear that he had some revelation about his Lost Belt or the idea of Lost Belts that really changed him. You know, I think that's reasonable. Kind yeah. of like how you know the dealing with the whole Lost Belt stuff has forced a lot of characters to rethink their moral boundaries and things. Mm-hmm. I could see it being like, you know, he he decides to do some diabolical shit last minute because he really feels strongly about 
the people or whoever the inhabitants of his lost belt yeah okay so so here is a um an interesting thing some people noticed uh-huh. after the lost belt was announced you know how i'm gonna call it a banner but that sounds like the the like there's a server gotcha which is not what i'm talking about yeah, yeah. i know what you're talking about um, the, the little image that comes up that has like oh x event happening these days here's a character yeah. or servant in it that's important right yeah so you know something that people noticed is that for lost belt one the banner character was anastasia uh-huh. lost belt two the banner character was napoleon Lost Belt 3, the banner character was Hinako. Right. Lost Belt 4, the banner <gasps> character no. is... Yeah, is Pepe. So do you think that there is an actual pattern here and he's going to end up summonable somehow? Or do you think that they now know that we think there's a pattern and are faking us out? I think it could go either way. I think it could go either way. I feel like I want to believe more of the latter. I feel like they wouldn't pull that twist on us twice. Yeah, I agree. I think that everyone else who's left... Like, I think Beryl has to be a werewolf because he just screams werewolf. I think other than that, <laughs> everyone else in the group here just has to be, like, fucked up. Or just... Yeah. There has to be something up with them. But we can't we can't keep escalating from true ancestor. You know? <laughs> that, that, that's our limit. That's definitely our limit. Because that's, like, true... Like, Ark is the most powerful. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you, but it, it does make you think. It does make you think. It's it's true. And... I guess it would cover his dumb alias, since Hinako was also using an alias. But I don't know. I, I don't know if that's... I don't know if that's where it needs to go, but I don't know if it needs to go anywhere. <laughs> I mean, all we know about him is that he's interested he likes cycles he's interested right. in cyclical things yes. which he's is why like he... he seems to be like a very nice um like sweet caring person right and he's into hindu mythology right right doesn't he does he say something about buddhism too am i confusing it with something else i don't recall him saying anything about buddhism okay or... i know i know he's like hinduism because cycles i thought he might have also dropped just like a one one of sentence about like something buddhist because it's also like about yeah. cycles what um what servant did he want to summon what class um did he want lancer oh god i don't remember because because um i know hinako wanted rider but then didn't get rider but then didn't get it I'm not sure. I know David wanted Berserker, but I guess we probably yeah. know that Pepe's got Berserker? Because Pop Pac well, Berserker? We don't know if that's like the character we work with. We don't with. know if that's his servant. Right, right. We don't know if that's the oh, character he, we work uh, with. He planned, to summit, he planned to summon an archer. Archer, okay. Which I guess would make sense because that's anyone makes sense in Indian. because all of the yeah, all of the Indian servants are at their strongest when they're archers. Correct, correct. Yeah. So that 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 tracks. <laughs> yep. That doesn't say a ton. I do hope we finally get an archer of, I don't know, a Karna or a Rama or someone. I think that would be cool. Yeah. I don't think we really need it, but I do think it would be cool. Arjuna and Rama so got raid-ups, um, right? As part uh, of this thing? Yeah, as the, the like, pre-banner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, we know just from the like some screenshots from the announcement that um, Arjuna and Karna uh, are both in this chapter again. Um, yes, that's true. 
so I have seen uh, a lot of theories about who the Paco Zerker is. Um, mm-hmm. One that one that I've seen is that so I was doing a lot of research into Arjuna for this. Um, oh yeah, because I don't really know much about the um, the Mahabharata. Um, yeah, I don't know a ton either. I de- I definitely should learn more than I know. Um, it's pretty dope from what I've read. But do you know like what uh, his deal is? Like why he's such a a jerk ass? Um, no other. I mean, other than just his constant comparison to Karna. But I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I listened to like a podcast, a series of podcast episodes, the Myths and Legends podcast plug, because uh, mm-hmm. it's a good podcast, and it's also fate adjacent because they do hit a lot of fate things. Myths and Legends, yeah, yeah. Um, where you talked about a couple characters that get reincarnated through different cycles. I think Rama was one of them. I don't think Arjuna and Karna are one of them. Yeah. I, um, they are, those two are not. Rama is one of the avatars. Yes. Of, right. 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 Um vishnu so i don't really know um yeah okay so i was doing a bunch of research into the mahabharata uh Uh learned some interesting things so first off in type moon like there's a rivalry between karna and arjuna but like karna is kind of objectively the good guy correct right everyone like a lot of people think arjuna is really hot but he's definitely just an asshole right um which is interesting because apparently in the Mahabharata, Arjuna is the main character, and Karna is like a tragic antihero. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Um, okay. And Arjuna is like best friends with, and here's where here's where I couldn't figure something out. That's pretty weird. Uh-huh. Uh So Arjuna is best friends with Krishna who is um, another avatar of Vishnu. Um, right. And is, like, really, really important. Um, yes, yes. I, I know the name. I don't know much about it, but I do know the name, which yeah. means must be important. He's, like, huge. He's, like... A lot of modern-day Hindus, like, worship him, like, independently as, like, the, the supreme being. Oh, okay. Um, but in the Mahabharata, he's kind of just, like, Arjuna's sidekick. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> It is very strange. And that that's this is just like me showing off my ignorance about Hinduism. Um but I couldn't really figure out like why either of those things are the case. Like why that jump from basically God to just dude yeah. who pals around with Arjuna. Right. Um but the the way their relationship kind of works is that like when the war at like, Karna and Arjuna have, like, a childhood rivalry for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when, like, the war starts kicking off that's going to pit them against each other, Arjuna goes through, like, a, a crisis of conscience. Um, that, like, he can't go to war against, like, people... Because it's a war of succession against people who, like, are his, like, friends and his family. Right. Um, so Krishna has this, like, huge long lecture to him about, like, Hindu morality, which, uh, on its own... It's a part of the Mahabharata, but on its own, it is the Bhagavad Gita, which is like oh. a, a, a major Hindu text. Um, okay. 
in which he basically he convinces uh Arjuna that like this is the right thing for him to do. Um huh. is to like go to war against his family. Um he so he does so, they fight the the war begins and then um in the process of all this eventually at the end there's like a final like chariot duel showdown uh between Karna and Arjuna okay um some character who's not important here is like driving Karna's chariot while he like shoots arrows from the back and Krishna is driving Arjuna's chariot while he does the charioteer arrow stuff got it got it um Karna's chariot eventually gets its wheel stuck in, like, like stuck in a rut of mud. Um, okay. So he he's forced to stop. He jumps down to, uh, like, release it from, like, free the, the chariot so he can keep going. Okay. Um, at this point, again, like, in under the rules of warfare, at this point, you would you would let your opponent like get his chariot unstuck uh, oh. and Arjuna wants to do that but Krishna convinces him not to reminding him of all of the things that like Karna has done to him in his life uh, wow, and okay. convinces Arjuna to shoot Karna while he's defenseless damn that's brutal that's what happens in the Mahabharata in fate however that's not how it goes down Okay, Krishna still exists but uh Shooting Karna was an act of the, like, dark side personality that Arjuna has. Yeah, which I don't really get that much. <laughs> which I don't really get either. It's just, like, a weird chuny thing. Yeah, he's just a weird edgelord for some reason. I don't... Yeah. I don't... Uh, uh, maybe if he gets more screen time here, maybe they can earn that weird, like, reinterpretation right. of his myth, but... So I, I am very much hoping that part of um, this Lost Belt will be giving uh, Arjuna some character development independent of his relationship with uh, with Karna. That would be nice. But anyway, what I was getting at with all of this <laughs> uh-huh. is that I've seen a lot of people theorize that Paco Zerker is just... Arjuna's dark side as a character. That's kind of a that's kind of underwhelming. Yeah. Um I feel similarly. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Because I did you see the one screen cap of I don't I don't maybe they posted some more if they've updated it, but the one screen cap they had posted and I remember he talks about being like a divine spirit. Um, right. the the one screen cap that they posted that featured Paco Zerker in the the banner, if you what what you're referring to earlier, he yeah. just says in his kind of stilted voice that he's like, I am a god. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm I I don't think Arjuna is a divine spirit. Um No, I don't think so. I, could it be like a, a Krishna, someone adjacent to him? Uh, the other theory I've seen, which I think is much more likely, is that um, it's Kalki, who is oh the, the one you were talking about before. Yeah, the the um, foreshadowed isn't the what? What do you call foreshadowing in real life? 
<laughs> um, prophecy. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Is um <laughs> the prophecy to tenth avatar of Vishnu? Okay, who's supposed to like appear at the end of um every twelve thousand divine years? Right, right, the, right, 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 the cycle right. of destruction and like right. destroy the universe. Right, or and something. he's in and Pe- Pepe's in year eleven thousand ninety or whatever. Eight hundred. Yeah. Yeah. 11,800 out of 12,000. That's right, that's right. Is, there is another interesting question about that deal, too, which I guess we can move on to that. Uh-huh, um, sure, sure. Which is that, so, like, when a year is given on the Lost Belt, that's not the year that the Lost Belt takes place in. Correct. At least it's all the, of the ones diverged. that we've done so far take place, like, in the year 2019 or 2018. Yeah. That date is the year that something happened that diverged from our timeline. Right, 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 but right. If, uh, if Lost Belt Four year is following like the Yuga cycle, then wouldn't that mean that the date of divergence is like way in the future? Yeah, which is weird. Which is really weird. Yeah, I don't know what to make of that. I don't either. We're probably gonna get thrown for a serious loop and probably have some of our Lost Belt parameters redefined. Yeah. Is going to be my guess. Because we know after the Kama event that, like, all of the gods of India, like, are gone. Uh, whether they're, like, dead or out of commission somehow or something. Right, um, right. They no longer exist. Which plays well into the, um, what seems like a, a solid theory that this, uh, this Lost Belt takes place, like, at the end of the cycle of destruction. Yeah, and I'm definitely willing to buy that. Especially since Pepe's only thing that he's really said about himself is that he likes cycles. So it's, right. there's probably going to be... I don't know, given, given all these loose hints that we've picked up, it makes sense that it's going to be part of the cycle of destruction. Yeah. I honestly don't... I just... The weird thing is, like like I said earlier, there are just so many weird little twists that happen in each Lost Belt. Just strange narrative divergences and things that you just don't expect or being forced to feel sympathetic for this character that you didn't think you would or whatever I I just I don't feel like I really know what's gonna happen like I I want stuff with like wait Koyan Sky didn't get off in Lost Belt 3 right she's still around no she she escapes she just escapes right right right, right. Um, I like. I want to know what's up with Kayanskaya. I want to know what's up with like Rasputin more. I want to know what's up with more God of the Four and Star stuff. But it feels like they're really just kind of dangling that over us. Uh, I think I am as confident as I can be, which is to say, not very. Um, okay, that we are going to learn some stuff about the God of the Four and Star in this one. We've got that. That confidence comes entirely from the fact that. Ashi Adomin is going to be back in this chapter. Oh my god, we haven't talked about that yet, have we? We haven't. Yeah, you're right. Um, so Ashi Adomin, uh, we originally knew him as Caster of Limbo, uh, showed up in Shimosa, where I think he was a pretty clown. major... <laughs> where I think he was a, a pretty major character, but like a very vague one. Um, and then he disappears at the end of that, and we didn't see him again until that like big like Lost Belt commercial that happened like a year and a half ago now where they revealed a bunch of servants just by class right. where now they're 
they're referring to him as Lost Belt Alter Ego. Yes. Um, Which is funny because there's already two others running around. Yeah. Um, but I guess uh, Ashi Yadomen, Koyanskaya, and Rasputin have all been referred to as Alter Egos, like in the story. Um, in, like, story text, even Correct. though um, she was in oh, that same commercial listed as an assassin. assassin. Yes, because she's Tamamovich. Right, 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 because alter yeah. ego can just be a property. It doesn't but have you can to be, be your class. you can be an alter ego and another class. That's like, right. um, Yes, I forgot about like, that. Like, uh, Tamamo Cat is also an alter ego, but she's also a berserker. I hate that, Yeah, but yes, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, um, if I'm remembering right in Shimosa, what happens with uh, Ashi Doman is that he was the one responsible for all of the servants getting like shadowed corrupted whatever um yeah but then maybe there was like a sort of last minute bait and switch that he was working for like dark amakusa who was working for like a splinter demon pillar thing um there there are no demon pillars in shimosa so the the main villain of shimosa is um Amakusa Shiro. Yeah, it's just dark Amakusa. But like a version from a different dimension who's like a like a universe slider like like Musashi. Um, Musashi is. Right, right. Uh but he he's a satanist now. Yes, and he he wants to he wants to do a he he wants to he, do the Shiro thing but to other people. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? The fire. Oh. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, he yeah. wants to use like satanist rituals to destroy the tokugawa shogunate yes um but he is working for a being that is referred to in that chapter as satan who art as lucifero oh i forgot about that and <laughs> we're led to believe that ashi Adoman is working for for that one um well we're led to believe that he's working for amakusa shiro it turns out towards the end that he's actually um He's actually a direct subordinate of Satan who art as Lucifero. Okay. And probably was even before the events of Shimosa. Yes, I remember that now. Because if I'm not mistaken, there's, like, you think, we think we got Ashiodomon, and then there's a scene, like, in the epilogue or something where he's talking to Satan who art as Lucifero or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Amakusa claims to have traveled some 20 or more worlds before arriving in Shimosa and encountered Satan who art as Lucifero at some point in his travels. As it isn't entirely certain that Amakusa, in fact, comes from the particular tree of time that Grand Order is based within, uh, Satan who art as Lucifero might be an extra-universal threat. Uh, this was written... <laughs> yeah, this was written right after um, the uh, Shimosa came out, so before anybody knew anything about Lost Belts. Uh, right. At the end of Shimosa, it's given that Satan's true name is a great curse unto the world itself. Um, uh, so this is sounding like the god of the foreign star. Yeah, it smells like smells like that or a similar entity that is probably working with the god of the foreign star in some capacity. Right. Like effectively, um, they they serve the same purpose. Right. Uh, it's also apparently implied that Gouda's presence in Shimosa is um, the work of Satan who arts Lucifero. Like dragging them in in, in the, the dream stuff or whatever? Yeah, like he... We were specifically pulled in there by him for some reason. Uh, okay. 
I forgot about all this. It's been so long so, since Shimosa came out. Yeah, so if... We know that the god of the foreign star, like, takes interest in specific Caldea employees already. Oh, no. So I feel like that lines up. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it does. So I I think that this is... It's, uh, it's not 100% certain. Uh, oh, oh, there was one other thing uh, parallel here that I wanted to... Where is it? Ah, yes. Ashiodomen speaks to Satan Huarta's Lucifero that he's finally glimpsed, quote... And remember again, this translation is from Pre-Lost before Belt. people knew what Cosmos and the Lost Belt was. Right. He has finally glimpsed, quote, the missing belt slash lost history. No, that's what they call the... That's, that's, they, 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 uh... <laughs> <laughs> they also refer to the Lost Belts as, like, the belts of strange tales or something like that. Um, before... They just kind of blanket refer to them as lost belts. Yeah. So yeah, there's like a brief period of time where that they, they get referred okay. to as that a couple times. So I think ha- so, having multiple names that are lost belt adjacent is is doable, which means this is probably he's probably talking about that. Right. So this this all seems uh pretty conclusive. I would agree that Satan who art as Lucifer is the god of the foreign star. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah. 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 And you said Ashi is going to show up in this one, right? And Ashi is going to show up in this one. Um, they, you know that mysterious square that is in this Lost Belt that we don't know anything about except that it kind of freaks out Pepe? Yeah, yeah, and that it it looks a lot like the moon cell. Yeah, and that it, it, and that it might be the moon cell. Yeah. Um, the Koyanskaya says at one point in Lost Belt 3 that repulsive on Myoji, referring to Ashi Doman, yeah, yeah. has gotten interested in something and doesn't seem like he'll be budging from India. So presumably that uh... mysterious object that nobody knows what to make of is the thing that Ashi Doman is interested in. Presumably, right. Uh, uh, so he is in India. So we'll have to see him. Rematch, rematch. And since he seems like probably the 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 single character with the closest connection to the god of the foreign star, I um, yeah. maybe even like more so than Rasputin and Koyanskaya, who he's like in the same group of three as. Right. Uh, it seems like this is our chance to actually learn something about what the fuck is going on. Yeah, that uh, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about connecting those dots, but. That does make sense. I guess it feels a little weird to have not had him really be a presence at all in the Lost Belts, if that's the case. Yeah. Um, in which case, that just supports my theory that this is just going to be a Lost Belt full of stupid twists uh, <laughs> and lots of weird ass pulls that are going to be really compelling lore details, but will just be really out of left field like usual. Yeah, I think like I think it makes sense from a storytelling perspective, though, if you consider it like Rasputin shows up in the first one. Right to establish himself as, like, an arch-villain. Um, yeah. Which, like, he's Skatomine, like, he's going to be, like, the secret final boss, everyone knows it. Yes, right. Um, Koyanskaya is the one who just, like, shows up every time. Uh, yes. She's just, like, the, the recurring villain of the three, and then Ashiodomen is the one who's, like, weird and mysterious and doesn't interact with us directly but has like a lot of like lore significance yeah right and then we'll finally get him and it'll be a bit of a build-up right god 
the one other detail that I wanted to mention this whole time but didn't know where to put in was some theory I saw on Twitter that was that um, Sherlock is actually a foreigner. Whoa, have, what? Have you heard this theory? No. Um, it's it's like cobbled together from a couple things that I I buy it. I do buy it. So one, you know how his final ascension has all the weird like blue tentacle like coat bits. Have you seen his final ascension? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I know what you're talking about. That looks way too much like the silhouette on the back of the foreigner card. Oh. Um. Okay. There are a couple other. I can't remember where I found this or who who posted this, but there were some other details that were given. Um, the only other one, which was something that I remember reading in Lost Belt Two, which was that when Sigurd, uh, it's like when Sigurd first essentially just like rips the shadow border out of. I was about to say zero time. Um, <laughs> no, this um, is not Star Driver. This is not Star Driver. Um, imaginary number space, and just like yeets it into the snowfield. Um, yeah, and Mashu and Sherlock jump out on top with Gouda to 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 punch him out. Um, he says this cryptic ass thing about like oh two servants, but they're not like they're not entirely real servants and obviously we can infer that you know i I can't remember where the line is it's it's in that first okay it's very cryptic um he basically like you know we we can get it machu's got the ordinaeus thing so that's easy but sherlock at this point we've been pretty convinced that he's just sherlock and no one in the scene mentions that he says anything weird like no one really comments. Which is what what you were saying earlier about like people just dropping bombshells and then right, everyone else in the scene acting like it didn't happen. Right, no one fucking acknowledges it. Uh, and then you know, so you you just fight him and then he like he just, just cuts Sherlock's arms off, Sherlock's arm off or whatever. But that that's a detail that I reread and then remembered. Um, and I don't know if that's ever going to come to a head. Uh, it might be like a Solomon ass kind of thing, you know, where Sherlock at the end reveals his card and he's been working against the God of the Foreign Star this whole time or whatever. Okay. I don't really know what it means, but I remembered it and it's another one of those dumb conspiracy theory details that I feel like we can't just let go unsaid. Yeah. I will, Was there I will find more the to the theory passage. than this? Hmm? I, I'm looking for the passage as well. Was there more to the theory than this? Um, there were some details that I don't remember. I think some comparisons between what Sherlock does and maybe what one of the like Elder Gods does, like a Lovecraft thing. I I feel like I remember the name okay. Hoster or something. Oh, um, the the King in Yellow. Yeah, yeah. I I know that name, but I, I don't, don't know, know a about ton it. about him. But I I the, yeah, that is a big uh, Lovecraft figure got it if you can i don't know did you save that thing on twitter by any chance uh i didn't i think i know who posted it i could add them i'm not sure okay uh i can all right i can do a quick i would love to read this yeah it uh because i guess i could i guess i could see it being real because he's already lied to us once about his class it's true like he uh, he introduces himself as a caster the first time we see him in um, Camelot, and then right. later when he shows up as a ruler, we ask about that, and he's like, "Oh, that whole caster thing? No, I was lying to you." Yeah, yeah. 
and he does he references it again later but all of his like explanation for what happened he says like oh after i like contracted with caldea i just became a ruler <laughs> right which is like and the foreigner thing could maybe explain how he's able to move between singularities because he Ooh, he was because he was in Camelot. He was in Camelot, and he was first in London. Oh, although shit. he doesn't appear in that chapter, we later find out that um, his story begins after we run into Babbage in London. Babbage hires him to investigate the collapse of the human order. Right, and he so was he already must have been in that singularity, and somehow shows up in another one. Oh, Sherlock Secret Final Boss. <laughs> Interesting. I have been waiting for foreigners to be a thing again, because they were introduced like right at the end of um, Epic of Remnant, and then we haven't seen them since, except in the summer event. Right, right. And given all of the stuff with the God of the Foreign Star running around, you would think that they would fucking bring up some more juicy stuff. Yeah. This is just screaming Elder God. Okay. Uh, my prediction for Lost Belt 4, New Foreigner. I would be totally fine with that. And with... There will be a New Foreigner in the story who will not be collectible in banners. And they'll the add Maramata. them to the list of, like... <laughs> yeah, the list of, like, a dozen characters we have now who have been shown in events and aren't collectible yet. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd buy that. I'd buy that. Especially because we're getting Ashi Adoman. We'll probably get another, yeah. like, we, we are getting closer to the God of the Foreign Star. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm there for it. I, I also just, I don't know, I'm down for this dumb, like, Lovecraft bullshit they're trying to squirm into this franchise. I'm cautiously down for the Lovecraft bullshit. Yeah. I think it could add another layer of stupid levels of, like, power level acceleration. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I think is really what Type Moon is about at its core. <laughs> <laughs> But obviously, it could throw things in a weird loop. I feel like at this point, I trust them because they've handled Lost Belts so well so far. Like, right, I, the Lost Belts have all been really good. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I definitely, like, I have some thoughts on, like, um, I don't know, like, like uh, Hinako slash Consort Yu's character being, like, kind of just whatever. Um, she does, like, cool stuff, but just her arc and her whole thing, her whole thing with um, Shang Yu, which... yeah. I don't know. I I just have some some grievances about that. It's like whatever. I don't know. It's it's like par for the course anime storyline, you know. Yeah. Um, which doesn't necessarily make it great, but it's like fine. There's Canis who is inherently sus. Yeah, there is Canis who's terribly sus. Like I do. While I do think that the idea of the lost belt servant is really cool, uh, I don't think that it's a good exercise of the power even if the character design is like good just just slap any other name on it and we can just say okay fine yeah i think there are some interesting theories about canis that if they end up being true would make the character not really really bad Uh um but who knows what such as such as such uh i've i've seen theories that um canis is the is actually poseidon um, which oh, with the I ability to like cross the sea or whatever, with the ability to cross the sea, um, the fact that they're a divine spirit, which like Canis was like a pretty 
minor Greek hero. It doesn't really make sense for them to be a divine spirit. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, there was uh, there was some other stuff having to do with their uh, penchant for talking about sexual assault, which is a very Poseidon thing. No. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. I just hope that. Hopefully, we'll get some sort of explanation that makes it less bad. Yeah. But... Yeah. Likewise. Um, it's getting pretty late on my end. Do you want to call it a call? Call a random page. Uh, yeah, sure. Was there anything else we wanted to cover real quick? Uh-huh. Um, anything about the the three lost spots that are going to be after this? We talked about them a little bit. Um, Barrel's a werewolf. Barrel's a werewolf. Easy. Uh, David Semvoid is, I don't know, maybe... I, I was thinking that there could be some... Oh, David. Uh, David's Lost Belt is um, in the domain of Type Mercury. Oh my god, that's right, yeah. Everyone knows that. This is confirmed. Yeah. Yeah, so Type There's Mercury no is going to come it. back. It's going to be nuts. Um, yep. I also had the, I had the, the sort of maybe tinfoil hat i guess sort of pun intended theory that um when they when they talk about um when when the uh, alien priestess the priestess of the foreign star whatever you want to call her shows up at the end of lost belt one to blow up the tree um everyone who's on the ground at the tree sees her but Yes. Da Vinci and Holmes, who are in the shadow border, don't detect her on any of their equipment. And Holmes, right. I think, says something about how she is nothing. She is a void, but because she is nothing, you can tell that something's there. It's one of those weird things where it's like she's like a black like I the, the, the connection my brain was making was like she's like a black hole. Whereas, like, we can't, you know, no light passes through it, but there's evidence that it exists. It seemed like okay. they were kind of trying to make some comparison like that yeah. with um, the alien priestess in saying that whatever she is, she's nothing, but the fact that she's nothing means that she's there. Uh, okay. And they keep talking about how, I mean, David. David's name is David Sam Void, and they said something about how he That's is, true. like, Void something. I don't know. I, I could see him maybe secret ass pull connection to the yeah. god of the foreign star something about void and nothingness whatever okay swirl swirl the root he is the final lost belt so right right like there's got to be something going on with him yeah I, and he is just like the most mysterious one right i i don't I, that's so weird though to make him the final lost belt just feels really weird it, yeah, it is. Like, what the... F- I really wish that they hadn't told us, like, what order all of the Lost Belts are going to be. Right. Because it means that we're gonna, we're gonna, like, punch Kristaria into next week, and then we're gonna get to Barrel, and then we're gonna be like, alright, what do we do with this asshole werewolf? Just, like, eject right. him into deep space. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, deep space. That was one more thing I wanted to bring up. Okay, okay, um, okay. So, in Lost Belt 3... Uh, at the very end, when we fight the fantasy tree, this is the first fantasy tree out of the three lost belts we've done so far that like fully matures before we get to destroy it. Um, and oh, once once it appears, because like 
part of the big mystery of Lost Belt 3 is that, like, we get there and these trees, like, extend, like, into space from the ground and are fucking massive. Uh-huh. But right. we, get to, we get to China and we can't see the tree anywhere. Yeah, right. Um, it ends up that it, it was being, like, disguised within uh, Huangdi's, like, flying palace. It was, like, the within the Fusong tree, which is, like, a Confucian thing. Oh, okay. Um, but once we finally see it and can finally like get readings on it, um, Da Vinci says, uh, "Well, send the data coming from Orthanes's observation data to me as well. What is that thing? A pseudoform? A miniature? And it's connected? Oh, come on now! Whichever it is, this confirms only one thing. Now that response is a galaxy. There exists a galaxy within the fantasy tree. Oh no! And." The interesting thing about that is that it doesn't seem to be, like, another universe. Because Holmes, like, right after that, has um, uh, a line where he says, Within that very tree lies the galaxy that we know. What kind of meaning it holds here is still currently unknown, but we don't have time to analyze it right now. But our our Galaxy. galaxy is within the tree. And the whole job of the cryptors in this entire plan, whatever it is, is to make the trees bloom. So... Are they essentially just, like, trying to... This is some Gurren Lagann shit. Yeah. They're trying to, like, re-Big Bang. Maybe? That's what my brain is saying. Maybe? Maybe. Oh, my God. I don't think we've gotten any sort of, like, dialogue hints in the their meetings about what they're supposed to do once the trees bloom yeah like, no no just that i all like, we know my is that assumption... like, they're supposed to cultivate the trees and then the lost belts grow until they collide and fight and one of them wins right right that that seems to be all the directions that the cryptors have at least indicated that they know uh right and i i i also under have understood it as something along the lines of like once the tree has matured enough it kind of does the wrong thing where it pins the lost belt to like the surface of the world that makes sense that's that's kind of what i've been running off the theory of um yeah that it's like before the tree is matured the lost belt can still kind of i don't know like be severed from timeline but like once the tree has matured that means that the lost belt can do its whole expanding thing and get stronger and like have a permanent existence but i don't really know what it means for there to be a galaxy inside the tree except in especially ours well i hope um doesn't that i have i have nothing else to go on on that uh on that front i just wanted to point that out to you because i didn't know if you knew that since you hadn't finished reading Lost Belt 3. Yes, I have not finished um, reading Lost Belt 3, and I did not know that. I I hope that in, like, the intro to this oh, Lost Belt, we get another one of those, like, interlude scenes uh, where we get more of the story of David Bluebook. Yeah, yeah, because I, I also don't because, really get what's up with David Bluebook, and I know they said that Roswell actually was aliens, and there was yeah, something yeah. in 2016 Last we saw where him, they found he was alien. going to Area 51, because that's where aliens first were on Earth. Right, right. So, I'm very curious about why he's relevant. Me too. Because also in, uh, was it the start of Lost Belt 2? Maybe 
before they go into Scandinavia, they find like remnants and they were like, yo, there was someone here like a few hours ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they find like one of his campsites. Right. I forgot about that. Which means that he's still out there kicking. Like, it's not yeah. like this is a weird frame narrative that's like, oh, this guy died already and we're just going to use his data just to frame the story. Right. He's out no, there he's, and kicking. He's out there. I don't know what his deal is either. He's just a dude. His name's Blue Book. I mean, I know Project Blue Book is the whole, like, UFO cover-up thing. Oh, what? I've never heard of that. Have you never? Oh, I, sorry. I say this like everyone knows about UFO conspiracies. <laughs> like, I, this is a big thing. I was really into this as, like, a preteen. Um, I was really into looking up, like, UFO abductions and, like, UFO stuff. Um, I have to reconfirm those because it's been a while since I've looked at it. Um... Project Blue Book, I'm pretty sure, was the name given to, like, the the program to cover up the... Okay, yeah. Um, Project Blue Book had two goals. Um, okay, it was started in 1952. Um, it was terminated in 69. And... Uh, it was to determine if UFOs were a threat to national security and to scientifically analyze UFO-related data. Hmm. Uh, by the time Project Blue Book ended, it had collected 12,618 UFO reports and concluded that most of them were misidentifications of natural phenomenon, clouds, stars, etc., or conventional aircraft. According to the Natural Reconnaissance Office, a number of the reports could be explained by flights of the formerly secret reconnaissance planes U-2 and A-12, uh, a small percentage of UFO reports were classified as unexplained even after stringent analysis. The UFO reports were archived and are available under the Freedom of Information Act, but names and other personal information of all witnesses have been redacted. So it was basically just like a way for the United States government to organize all of the UFO sightings that were happening. Okay, so that's definitely the reference with his name. Yes, yeah. Okay, one last note from me. It says, shout outs to the captain. Yo, shout-outs to the captain, captain, who I also totally shout forgot Shout-outs to about. the captain, I, I, who uh, I don't expect to see like anything from in this chapter. Yeah, but, probably not. I don't know. He has, like, kind of a vaguely Indian headdress on, doesn't he? Yeah, it's a sort... It's I mean, it's like a... It's a vaguely turban-looking thing, but also yeah. the captain's, like, a little white kid. Right. So I yeah, don't really I know don't... what's up with that. Yeah, shout-outs to the captain. He's a, a cute kid. Yeah, I don't really you know like what him. the captain's deal is. Hopefully, we'll find out eventually, and it won't be awful. The captain is Voyager from Fate Requiem. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I forgot about Voyager from they Fate They do Requiem. look very similar. They do look pretty similar. <sighs> we have to catch up on Fate Requiem. I guess we don't have to, we do. but I don't know. It seems kind of cool. It does seem pretty cool. Okay, that's all I got. That's it for me. Cool. That's it for me, then. Do you want to just do our random page? Yeah, let's. Cool. I got one. Yeah, I was gonna say I did it last uh, time. So, uh, oh, all right, this is an interesting one. Uh, get ready for the bad German. Oh, uh, is it? Is it Summer Jolter's double phantasm? It is not. Oh, okay. Uh, it's someone else's double phantasm. Okay. Blut die Schwester. Schwester. Uh, Schwester. Which, uh, and then the subtitle is Blood Sisters. What is... Whose noble phantasm is this? 
Wait, can you can you spell the bad German for me? Okay, B L U T D I E S C H W E S T E R. What? It's on the tip of my tongue. I can see. I can see this. I can see this. Uh, I'll give you a hint. It's the the finishing move where you just like make a meteor come down from the top of the screen. Oh, oh, it's 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 a uh, it's works it's works uh, arc drive. <laughs> it's works arc drive. It is works arc but drive. But it is it is also uh, Berserker Arcuid's Noble Phantasm and Fate Extra. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. When she's funny vamp or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Used to drop an image of the moon on an opponent. Yeah. It is a method of world configuration utilizing the relationship between the Earth and the moon. She originates from the brain of the moon, and her prime body has become the, quote, sense of touch of the Earth after many years. Possessing both an earthly authority and the status of being a copy of the moon, she simultaneously embodies the basic rule of the moon and the basic rule of the Earth. She's able to use the discord when both are on the same level as a means of attack. I don't think that makes any sense. <laughs> no, I was going to ask if you knew what any of that I meant. I don't think I know what any of that means. I don't think that means anything. Uh, I think it's Cool Moon Smash Attack. It, yeah, it's cool, cool Moon Smash Attack. Cool Moon Smash Attack. I don't know. Like, Is this a thing she can do in Tsukihime? Probably. Or does it only exist in Fate Extra and Melty Blood? Well, I mean... It's probably a thing she can do in Melty, but the whole thing with, with Wark is that she's, like... You mean in uh, Tsukihime? Yes, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Um, whatever, I did. It, whatever. Yeah. Because um, the whole point with, with Wark and Melty is that she's, like, Arcuid, but who is who is more vampire than, like, person. Right. She's more, like, like feral, whatever, instinct, etc. Uh, all about that, that sweet blood. So I feel like it might be something that regular Ark is capable of, but that Wark just does because she's just evil. Okay. Oh, okay. So hold on, hold on. You want to hear some top tier Moon Cell bullshit from this description? Moon Cell bullshit. Okay, hit me. All right. The gravity of the moon is only a sixth of that of the Earth. Okay. And this fact does not change even within the cyber world of the Moon Cell because all of its information is drawn to the mass of its core in a way thought of as the gravity of cyberspace. So far, where we're on board i was going to say this is this is a little abstract but i'm i'm buying it all right now get ready everything within the moon cell abides by the rules of the moon for that reason so before her whose body and whose body embodies that concept while being on the earth inside anything is reduced to a sixth of its power it does not matter how high the opponent's magic resistance as it is an unavoidable rule of the world Oh, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so she is the Earth. Right. And everything around her on the moon cell is the moon. Is the moon, which means it's so one sixth as good as the Earth. So the moon has one sixth the gravity of the Earth. Right. So, and all data in the moon cell is affected by that gravity. Yeah. That, that like, cyber gravity. Yeah. Which means, relative to her, everything is one sixth. Yeah. As strong. Because she is the Earth. Yes. Because she's type... Because she's archetype Earth. Yes. Okay, this all, like, almost makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> right? 
It all almost makes sense, but it really... That's the good type moon lore there. <laughs> almost making sense, yeah. That's the, like, the, the, the concepts line up with each other just enough to understand what they're going for. Exactly. Even if it doesn't really make sense from a logical standpoint. Yeah, that's definitely my favorite part of Type Moon Explanations, is where, like, you right. read them to someone who doesn't really know what you're talking about, and they just kind of go, what? And you're like, oh, <laughs> you just haven't been entrenched in this bullshit as long as I have. You don't understand that you just have to accept that this it's, means something. <laughs> this is definitely one of those things where, like, the fact that I understand what this is saying means I'm too deep. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. It's like... I, it's like poems that are that just exist for like sonic purposes <laughs> like right. like sound poems and and things that you just kind of interpret loose meaning from a bunch of abstract syllables like you read a type moon lore explanation for an ability or power and you just come away from it with a loose understanding of what it's supposed to do <laughs> you don't really know what it does but it makes sense to you like you feel it in your heart you're like yeah that makes that makes arc better than other things <laughs> somehow <laughs> <laughs> why i don't know what exactly is Wark's role in fate extra um so she's not she's is not... she just like a bonus fight you can do that's not like relevant at all yeah so she's not or... Wark. she's just arc but she she's got oh, some okay. kind of warky traits um um do you want to explain the difference between arc and Wark for people i was about to say we haven't actually done that and we've said arc and Wark a whole lot um <laughs> So in in Melty Blood and Melty Blood, I don't know, peripherals. Uh, so Arcoid, you know, we know her, we love her, Tsukihime, hero, heroine, whatever. She's she's great. She's ancestor. Yeah. She's great. She's great. Wark, I don't remember where the W comes from. Um, is it cause it might be cause she's like Tatari arc and Tatari is like Wallachia, so maybe she's like Wallachia arc. Wallachia arcuid, that would make sense. Yeah. I don't know where the name Wark comes from, but she is just a character you could play in Melty Blood who's like arc but edgier and she has cool projectiles. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. There, there's a and bullshit lore explanation that we kinda already explained where she's kinda just like arc, but if she was if she kinda gave in to her, her dead apostle bloodlust. Uh, and wasn't just yeah. a happy-go-lucky, like, Earth goddess. <laughs> and instead... Apparently, in, in Tsukihime, Arcuid begins to lose herself and sails route towards the end. Right. Uh, but she still retains enough composure to recognize him, so it is more of a glimpse at what she can become. So, okay. Red, Ar Red Arcuid only exists in Melty Blood. She's not in Tsukihime. Right, right. Yes. Yeah. Red Arcuid. And Red Arcuid is, like, because that possibility existed, it came into reality inside Tatari, which is, like... Yeah. Like a big reality Marvel kind of thing. Tatari is the whole... We should do an episode on Tatari sometime. We should do an episode on Tatari, because I feel like you and I actually, like, I don't know, I played it through enough of the Melty Blood story chapters that I think I actually understand what Tatari is. Okay, and I it's kinda cool. don't fully, but I want to give shout-outs to Melty whenever we can. That's true, that's true. We should definitely do... I I feel bad, though, because we haven't, we haven't read Tsukihime, but... That's true. But Tatari is just a Melty thing, so... Yeah. We could just talk about that, and that, that would be legit. Well, we'll keep that one on the back burner. It's true. We got plenty of episode ideas going forward. So anyway, in Fate Extra, uh, what is Arcuid actually doing? Oh, there? what is Arcuid actually doing? She's just a uh, okay. So I don't remember. I think if if I'm remembering right, it's something that like if you pick the Rin or the Rani roots, because you can choose between them. Um, mm -hmm. 
I don't know why you would want that, but you can. If you pick the Rani route, you one of your fights. If you so if you pick the Rin route, your fight is that clown, that horrible clown, little Lil right. Rani, not to be confused yeah. with Rani the thirteenth or whatever. R R A N I, little Rani, uh, is just a horrible clown. If you've seen this, and she is the master of uh, Extra Vlad, who you fight right that that week. Um, or that level, whatever, whatever they use to discern, like the the fight time periods. Um, right. If you go the Ronnie route, you I can't remember what the guy's name is. He's some kind of like biker. Can he's like rider? He's some rider Kentucky looking motherfucker whose name has a Z in it, um, and his servant is Arquid, um, whose class is Funny Vamp. Um, yeah and <laughs> funny vamp and type moon in uh fga win yeah uh and that's just the fight that week if you don't pick the other route i'm pretty sure she, okay. she's just there like recognized she's as a being just like a, able an to be enemy of the week she's just an enemy of the week like uh for fan service basically yeah yeah basically like the same reason, like Shiki and Toko are there. They don't have anything to do with the story. They just exist, so you can recognize them. Right. Like Shiki shows up for some bullshit reason, and if you like Type Moon, then you're like, oh, it's Shiki, yay! Yeah, yeah. And Toko has blue hair. And Toko, yeah, Toko has blue hair. Because it's like old Toko. Yeah. Yeah, but that's that's okay. the deal with that's that's the deal with Arc and, and Extra. It's just it's just fan service, basically. Got it. Like most type of right, things. All right. Well, I uh, think that's it for us for this episode. Yeah, I think so. I have to go get adjusted to being in a new time zone. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, so thank you as always, everyone, for watching. Yeah. Um, check out our social media. Oh my god, are you doing the social Twitter media thing? You... The Magic Circuit. I'm trying. Okay. Um, where SoundCloud is the. Dash or underscore? It's dashes. It's all dashes. Da- the dash magic dash, dash circuit. circuit. Yep. Uh, Mia is at sleepy underscore me. Yay. I don't exist on the internet. I'm off the grid. It's true. Uh, yeah, Ben's living in a house powered by rainwater and falling leaves. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I've got um I've got one of those Japanese things that go donk with the with the water. Oh yeah, the little, and... little donk the donk hammers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's it. That's my only worldly possession. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here folks <laughs> okay bye <laughs> bye